0: This video is brought to you by Nebula. Today, Alexei Navalny dies. Greece legalizes same sex marriage, and Hezbollah fire rockets at Israel. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday, the 16th of February, 2024. This morning it was announced that Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny had died in prison. Navalny was one of the most vocal Putin critics in Russia and had attempted to run against Putin in the 2018 presidential election, but had his candidacy rejected by the Central Election Commission. Outside of this attempt to run for the presidency, Navalny was also known for organising rallies against Putin and against corruption in his government. He also produced two documentaries, one centred around former Prime Minister and President Dmitry Medvedev, and the other about Putin. Throughout his political life, Navalny had been charged with various crimes, including embezzlement, fraud, slander, defamation, and a violation of parole conditions. It's widely understood that these charges brought against him were politically motivated, and upon his imprisonment, many Western countries spoke out against the charges. Back in August 2020, Navalny was hospitalised in Siberia, after being poisoned with the Novichok nerve agent, the same one used to poison Sergei Skripal and his daughter. Following an investigation by The Insider, Bellingcat, CNN and De Spiegel, it was revealed that Russia's Federal Security Service was implicated in this. Navalny was treated in Germany, but soon returned to Russia, where he was imprisoned and later moved to a penal colony, a colony he is today died in. The Russian Prison Service has this morning claimed that Navalny felt unwell after going for a walk and had almost immediately lost consciousness. They added that the emergency doctor declared the prisoner dead. The cause of death is being established. Others, though, have already started pointing fingers at the Russian regime. Charles Michel, the president of the Council of Europe, has said that the European Union holds Russia solely responsible for Navalny's death. Additionally, Edgars Rinkovich, the president of Latvia, has said that Navalny had been brutally murdered by the Kremlin. Moreover, Stefan Sojourni, France's foreign minister, went as far as saying that Navalny had paid with his life for his resistance to a system of oppression. This statement was echoed by the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, who also said that Navalny paid for his courage with his life. We'll update you on the specific cause of death in a future episode when it's known. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make The Daily Briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. In other news, Greece has become the world's first orthodox Christian country to legalise same-sex marriage, after its parliament passed a landmark reform on Thursday. 176 MPs from across the political spectrum voted in favour of the bill, which was proposed by the centre-right government, while 76 voted against it, two abstained, and the remaining 46 were absent. The vote followed two days of intense debate, with opponents including Orthodox Church officials calling it anti-social and unchristian. However, Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis had championed the bill, saying, The reform that we are legislating today will make the life of some of our fellow citizens that much better, without taking away anything from the lives of the many. It also had the support of Syriza, the main opposition leftist party led by Stephanos Kassalikis, who is Greece's first gay political leader. It will give full parental rights to same-sex couples, but does not allow same-sex couples to become parents through surrogacy. On Thursday, Hezbollah fired dozens of rockets on northern Israel in a preliminary response to Israeli strikes earlier this week which killed three Hezbollah fighters and at least 10 civilians in southern Lebanon. Hezbollah's latest retaliation comes after Israeli air raids killed five children in the Lebanese city of Nabatieh on Wednesday, and an earlier strike on the village of Assawana sawana killed a woman and two children. Israel said it had killed three members of Hezbollah in the strikes, a senior commander of its elite Radwan unit and his deputy, plus a third unnamed operative. Both sides have said, though, that they don't want an all-out war. And one analyst from the think tank Carnegie Middle East told Reuters that while Israel appears to be testing the limits, Hezbollah still wants to keep this as confined as possible. The UN has urged an end to what it called a dangerous escalation of the conflict, which has seen cross-border fighting between Iran-backed Hezbollah and Israel in recent weeks. Moving to the UK now, where Labour have won two by-elections, in the latest blow to the Conservatives and to Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. The by-elections were held under two very different circumstances. In Wellingborough, former Tory MP Peter Bone faced a recall petition following allegations of sexual misconduct and bullying. The petition was successful. In Kingswood, on the other hand, Chris Skidmore resigned in protest at the government's decision to award new oil and gas licences. Irrespective of the different reasons for which they were called, both by-elections had similar outcomes. The Tories were decimated, Labour overturned big majorities, and Reform UK achieved a surprisingly high vote share. In Wellingborough, Labour achieved a 28.5% swing against the Tories, the second highest in post-war history. This helped them overturn a majority of 18,540 and secure their own 6,436 vote majority. Similar was true in Kingswood, with Labour overturning an 11,220 vote majority and achieving their own majority of 2,501. Reform UK also achieved a pretty significant result in both Wellingborough and Kingswood, achieving a 13% and 10.4% vote share respectively in each seat. These are the best two results they've ever achieved, and go some way to demonstrating that their current standing in the polls, around 10%, appears accurate. All in all, these results will likely worsen Tory infighting and embolden both the Labour Party and Reform UK. The EU is facing threats from both Russia in the east and Trump in the west, but the EU's top dog, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, has a plan. Brussels is set to incentivise Europe's defence industry to ramp up production, to help supply Ukraine in the short term and in the long term bolster the security of Europe. Now, the plan will need to be approved by all member states, but in the past member states have resisted efforts by the Commission to centralize decisions on defense, such as Hungary. In fact, currently the state of Europe's defense market is very fragmented, Member states just prefer to work independently on defence projects, meaning the defence industry is largely divided on national lines. Moreover, only $1.79 billion is spent on defence out of the EU's total budget of $169.52 billion. This, however, is all set to change. The Commission's plan will outline how the EU budget will now be used to supplement joint contracts for weapons signed by member states. This is a similar strategy the Commission used to surge European production of coronavirus vaccines. Her proposal also encourages member states to spend on European products, rather than buying from third countries such as the US or Israel. She says we need to improve the return on investment in the EU. We need a fair share of European taxpayer money spent inside the EU. Finally, we leave you with some positive news from London Zoo where another critically endangered western lowland gorilla has been born, less than a month after its half-sibling. On Tuesday evening, the mother, named Effie, gave birth to a baby fathered by 19-year-old male Kiburi, who was sent to London Zoo from Tenerife in 2022 as part of a conservation breeding program. Western lowland gorillas live in dense rainforests in West and Central Africa, and are at high risk of becoming extinct. Their numbers have declined by more than 60% over the last 25 years, largely due to deforestation, poaching and disease. Staff at the zoo said that they were over the moon and are currently letting the baby bond with its mother before determining its gender.
1: As a DLDR viewer, I can pretty confidently say that you're curious about the world around you. Keen to know what's really going on, rather than just the general media narrative. And one country where this is particularly interesting is China, where a lot of media coverage can be muddled or misleading. If you want to dive deeper, though, I'd recommend Polymatter's incredible series, China Actually, which explores the truth behind the Chinese news, examining the truth about China's one-child policy, why China has no allies, how Chinese censorship really works, and what exactly China's nuclear policy looks like. All in all, it's a brilliantly researched and thoughtful series, and it's exclusively available on our streaming service, Nebula. As you know, Nebula is the service that we built with a whole bunch of our creator friends and is home to tons of smart, educational content from all of your favorite creators. The best part is by signing up. You not only get exclusive series like China, actually, Modern Conflicts from Real Life Law, or The Logistics of X from Wendover Productions. It also includes all of our content, totally ad-free, and sometimes before it arrives on YouTube. Plus, signing up directly supports TLDR, Because by doing so, you contribute to the budgets of these big budget documentaries and help us to grow and expand our ambitions. So if you want to get more superb content and support TLDR, then if you sign up using the link below, you can support us directly and get Nebula for 40% off an annual plan. That's about £2 a month. Thanks for your support and for backing Nebula.